0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am Ryan Burklow. And on today's episode, I've got a good one for you. I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Andrew Simon and Dr. Funse Simon, who are the co-owners of Rebel Med Northwest. The practice has 15 employees with five of them being naturopathic doctors, four acupuncturists, a nutritionist, and a masseuse. In this episode, we talk about how they started their 2,000 square foot clinic from the ground up. So without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Andrew Simon and Dr. Funsei Simon. Hope you enjoy. Dr. Andrew Simon and Dr. Funsei Simon, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you guys' time.
1: Yeah. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you.
0: So, um, I was given your name by Dr. Uh, Dr. Klaus and he had a lot of things, uh, good things, by the way, to say about, about the two of you. And um, from what I've heard from him and then, you know, the different research that I've heard that I've done myself, as well as just brief conversations with you, thought I'd be really cool to have you on the episode to talk about your journey into naturopathic medicine, as well as how you're building your practice, uh, because it's so vital uh, for other doctors to hear that to a see someone is making it and then B, you know, talk about the, the problems and and different things that, that you all experienced and how you overcame them. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, before we dive into problems and all that kind of fun stuff, I always like to hear like, how did naturopathic medicine, like, how did you get into the naturopathic medicine world?
2: Well, it was uh, quite interesting. We both did our undergrad up in in, uh, Western Washington in Bellingham.
0: Oh yeah. I was originally
2: setting myself up to become a chiropractor. And um, I uh, had never really been to a chiropractor that often, but um, in my studies in the exercise science uh, undergrad degree that I got, um, I really got into body movement and and, uh, exercise, fitness, you know, and I wanted to be able to start correcting that and helping people with it um, through what I was learning. It was a really cool program as a pre-med type of process and um, anatomy, physiology, all of that. And, uh, I was just already a naturally, I was a cross country runner, tried to stay fit. I was a chef part-time. So for me, I saw naturopathic medicine as the accumulation of all the things I was already doing. Um, talking to people about stress, musculoskeletal health, as well as cooking and food and all of it. So it really was kind of a natural conclusion to me. And, um, some chiropractors I was working with said, Hey, check out the school. You can do adjustments and, and work on the body and be a doctor at the same time. I met Conce at that time at, at Western, and she was already interested in medicine as well.
1: Yeah, I was doing, I was finishing up psychology, and I wanted to, I wanted to go into family practice. Um, I really wanted to function from a very holistic um, level, and then Andrew actually is the person who introduced me to Chinese medicine after he did an intro to Chinese medicine class. So after I joined the Chinese medicine program and started acupuncture, um, I actually saw that that had everything I wanted to do. So I didn't actually go into naturopathic medicine, but I function um, very naturopathically and we integrate um, so much of what we have both learned and done that... um, that, uh, yeah. So I kind of do the same thing, but with
2: acupuncture. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. And, and because we're together, it makes our patients love working with us because we get that opportunity to look at things from different points of views. No. And
0: that's, that's huge, right? Like we, we do that on the financial side of stuff. Right. So like we're good at what we do. And then a lot mm-hmm. of naturopathic doctors, they might have a CPA or they might have a lawyer, or they might have, you know, different professionals in their life sometimes those professionals aren't communicating with one another. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you take that holistic approach, they should be communicating with one another. Yeah. So that's a great, great way to do it.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's actually a highlight at our clinic. We have a very integrated practice, not just in the label, but in the way that we function because we're all um, colleagues and friends as well. And we're all really big nerds for our medicine. So we're always talking about it with each other. Um, And we obviously have like the patient's best interests at heart. And so, um, you know, we give them all the options, whether it's alternative, traditional Western, we just really try to give them like our best medical opinion for what they need.
0: So I want to get into the practice that you have now, but I kind of want to take a step back and figure out, okay, how did like, how, when did you two, when did you two figure out, okay, let's start a practice together? Like, how did this all come about?
2: Well, you know, in the process of dating, we're like, where are we going in life? And, um, (laughs) You know, the uh, the fact that we once we started, um, I, I realigned my schedule so we would graduate around the same time after she started the acupuncture program. And um, I always got myself involved in a little bit of everything. I was a part of student council. I was part of the um, the National Student Association for Naturopathic Medicine. Um, we did. There was a lot of fundraising projects that we did at school. And so we found ourselves also in alignment with um you know, building, building stuff and projects and working together in different capacities and getting ourselves involved in a lot of those extracurricular things. And I think ultimately that taught us a lot about how to run a business. So, you know, my advice to like students, for example, would be to really get your hands in a lot of other things too, that we really, you know, it teaches you how to market, how to project manage, how to organize that stuff. And we just naturally kind of did a lot of that stuff together. And so we started talking about, Hey, maybe one day we'll have a practice together. And we started visualizing that and just thinking about those steps.
1: Actually, it's the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Like from my perspective, the first night that we met, the reason that uh like that that date night the, the first like interaction that we had we were actually talking about medicine and it was like the thing that we jived on together and that led to the rest of our life was we both talked about medicine and what medicine meant to us and what we wanted to do with medicine and um even back then we were already talking about how cool it would be to um to create basically what we've created now. But, you know, at that time it looked a little bit differently, but like we started our, our vision planning, like basically the first night that we met. (laughs) Well,
0: that's, and that's so awesome, right. That the vision planning, right. I, I, as I'm speaking with different naturopathic doctors, right. Like many of them create the vision for that, what they want their practice to be, but there's a big difference in creative vision and actually taking action to, to get to that vision. Right. And so, you know, for you two, when you decided to open up a practice together, what what was the biggest hurdle to maybe get that get that ball rolling?
2: I, I absolutely I mean that's it tells a story in itself actually in terms of those hurdles, those struggles. That's what eventually led us to where we're at now. And actually really speaks to why we named our practice actually what we named it eventually. So um, I gradu- we both graduated in 2013. Um, I completed my residency at Bastier in the naturopathic medicine program at the, at the teaching university. And then uh, Fonse actually spent um, her early part of that time uh, completing some of her uh, externships in China, Nepal, getting different types of experiences that were outside of what her, her traditional academic side was. And during that time, we were like, okay, we're, we're, getting our first jobs. We're getting our first experience. And we were going to try to figure out how we were going to actually do that. And, you know, together, it wasn't just, it didn't come in right away because we didn't have the finances. Um, you know, I, we were just kind out of school and I had a low paying residency and that's right. where it was at. And we had all this debt that was starting to like, case okay, stuff come due, you know, and, and how to figure that out. So um, we, we pieceworked a lot of stuff together actually. And um we tried, we, we, we took a stab at Fonse's first practice. I said, okay, I got some money. Let's, I'll, I'll help you get started and put some money into rent and logistics and stuff. And we realized, oh my gosh, we just wasted a bunch of money. <laughs> and um, let's think about this for a little bit. And we actually said, okay, let's maybe be employed in different ways and, and just actually get some experience first for a little while. And that really got us started feeling our craft. So to speak and um when then when we were done with my residency we were like oh no we're pregnant um we need to figure out something quick and uh, luckily, I, I um, found a, a place up in Everett that um, would take both of us. Actually, we're first looking at me, and then I said, "Hey, I have an acupuncturist that needs a job." too. <laughs> sure, and and we that's where we first got to work together. And um, we
1: were independent contractors. We were independent contractors. Yeah. At we that started time. out being independent contractors and gaining experience, and then kind of watching um, what they did with their clinic and the things. Just getting involved and starting to understand that like financial and business side. Of, um logistics and decision making and what we like what we didn't like um so we were starting to basically gather information within that um within that field
2: and, and we realized it was much easier to let other people make mistakes and then us, <laughs> then
1: and watch that and and see where
2: we did like like Fose said just what we, didn't work for us mm-hmm. and then um and so when we were like oh no this is this place that we're at wasn't going to work for us anymore and, and we started looking for other jobs and we missed Seattle and we um, Fonse actually found a job down here at nights and weekends just to off off, off times that we could make it work. You know? We
1: hustled a lot for several years. Yeah. Was sometimes when I worked seven days a week because I just wanted to gain more experience doing um, community acupuncture and just putting myself like out there to experience different things and see different models. Um, ever since I, even when I was a student, I would volunteer with different clinics and, and work as a student at different clinics. And we just gathered information on a lot of different types of like business models, actually.
0: The, the grit you have to have, right? Like the down and gritty, like you got to do what you got to do type scenarios. And I got to think early on, like you mentioned Fonse's practice and, and you said, you, you know, didn't work out early on. And then you got, and you worked with a, a different naturopathic doctor and was employed by them. I got to think that failure early on, if I can call it failure, and I don't mean to be demeaning there. It's just, oh, no, like, no. we, we all <laughs>
2: so,
0: but the failure, you learn from that and you're looking for something different. You were looking with your current employer because you had experienced that. So I, I would say that that lost money that you mentioned was, was a good thing. It was an investment yes. in that knowledge moving forward. Okay. Uh, it's one thing to take, right? Like the mindset of going and, and transitioning from understanding, okay, I failed. I'm not going to quit. Let's go do X and learn from it. Like that's amazing. And and that story is, I mean, I could go into that story deep. Oh, we do it. We do it all the
2: time. We, we go into that story all the time. I mean, it was one of those things we had to, and through that we actually had to support each other at times because like if um, I might, I was employed as a resident, I got a lot of work, I always maintained an adjunct status with the university, which was always became like a, just a static baseline income to live off of. And that was our money to live. And then we had, we, we realized every opportunity that we were presented with, we had to kind of just take that opportunity, get the experience out of it. And did it, did it manifest into something more? And then if it did, we said, okay, let's keep that stable. And then let's bring in another opportunity. And you know, timing, we had to support each other that way, being both practitioners together and starting to raise a family at the same time, it was really pivotal that we needed stability constantly. And we didn't really want to, um, we had to be patient like through that, a lot of that time, as you're saying, like those struggles, we really had to be patient. till we really found that right fit. Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, she found a practice called fit, um, uh, fit acupuncture. And that's where she joined uh, down in here in, in Ballard. And subsequently we found out it was a, it was a first model closer to what we were looking for. Ultimately, when we were building a, uh, when we wanted to build something for ourselves, it was an acupuncture, a chiropractic and a massage facility. Uh-huh. And she got me into that. So she <laughs> got me in an, an opportunity into that place.
1: Yeah. We, we bring each other places.
0: <laughs> so, so what occurred? what happened in your life to go from working there to saying, okay, now it's time to open up our own practice.
2: <laughs> That's too long. To I'll, I'll do a short so version of it. So a lot of luck actually. Um, a lot of luck. <laughs> because, uh, but at the same time, you know, we had about $6,000 at that point in time. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, okay, I'm abandoning this independent contractor job we had up North and, you know, I still had some money coming in from that, just payouts and stuff. And I said, okay, this is our startup money. And I had a business credit card. Um, that was initial financial benefit, you know, that, uh, got us going a little bit, you know, I probably in totality spent about $15,000 and I, in a single room, I, they had a, a room for rent in this space. And, um, she was being employed by the acupuncturist. There was a chiropractor and I'm like, Hey, they said, Hey, let's bring on a naturopath. They, they actually brought me on because they thought that I was, um, already pretty popular. I had been on tv through the university a few times different interviews and that kind of stuff and so they're like oh he's kind of a you know up and coming doc and so they brought me on and then um i would say that my first room is six hundred dollars a month in rent and i my first year i basically made fifteen hundred dollars and in profit after spending you know i brought in about nine almost ninety thousand in revenue that first year And i started that was my first real observation that like as a doctor on my own maybe thirty hours a week i could I could pretty easily bring in like 90,000 in revenue. So I realized wherever I was at demographically, that was my power. I could do that on my own. And so I realized, okay, from there as a a financial base, what can I do more after that? And then the chiropractor left in the same building and I took over, I made the leap of faith knowing that we had our stability in the background that I mentioned with working as adjunct at the same time. Um, I said, okay, let's let's go for it. And I took off, I went from a $600 a month in rent to $3,000 a month in rent. And I had more square footage and then I was like, okay, what do I have to do to maximize that square footage? So I brought on a massage therapist and I just started building from there. I built vitamin injection program. Um, We had some weight loss services uh, and then I brought on, I brought on, you know, started to bring on my employees. And I first started learning what it was like to bring on other employees to help me help them, but also help me build revenue, you know, and, and build that capital that I needed to build my practice slowly. And, um, a series of events after that, over time, her, her boss left massage place left. And we were literally the only, te- I was the only tenant left in this building and the building got sold and I, we were, we were freaking out. And we you just
1: signed a five-year contract. I just signed a five-year lease.
2: <laughs> and the whole fit structure just dissolved. And we were like, uh, what do I do here? I'm, I need like, um, what do I do? You know? And we were at Ruri and, um. Fonse had already started to figure out Like, she we, we were actually kind of like bummed because her boss left and we were like, I can't work with her anymore. You know, she, she needed to go find somewhere else to go. And we were like, this is, we thought this was going to work for us. And it was like, it wasn't at that time. And we really had to brainstorm. And then he left and we're like, well, you want to stay? Cause now you can go we can work together again. And right. we made the decision to just talk to the landlord, take over the whole top floor and, and, top floor. and you know, get them to build it out for us in a way that we wanted it using some, you know, the tenant improvement kind of side of things. And, um, cause we were agreeing to a lease to stay and it ultimately worked out really well. And we're like, okay, let's, let's reform this. Let's rebuild this in, a, in our own vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so we were at a brewery and we decided to say, Hey, you know what? We're rebels. Like let's I'm a big Star Wars fans, you know, and we were like, what, what about medicine is working and what's not working. Right and 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 we together said that like let's let's do something different and that's where we came up with our name
1: yeah the interesting thing about our name is that like usually being rebels kind of implies um, like extremism. Right. And we were actually rebels in that we weren't extreme. Like we weren't all alternative at the expense of like current Western paradigms. And we weren't all like scientific based. Like we still believe that there's, you know, a, like a spiritual, emotional, psychological, like side to, um, to, to health. And we wanted to just have an open mind to everything so that we can always give our patients the best information. We don't, um, we don't make, um, we don't, know we try not to make like biased choices and um you know like even right now like we do mind body medicine and then we also offer uh covid testing and vaccines you know like like the the two work together and when patients have like the most options that they can um and the best information that they can then they can make the best like health decisions (laughs)
0: love everything you guys just said like i can i'm I've got so many questions, but I'm trying to keep myself in my my guardrails here. Um, So a question I've got for you that I get a lot is, okay, so like right now you guys have 15 employees, right? You've got NDs, you've got acupuncturists and nutrition massage, you've got a lot going on there and they're they're W-2 employees, is that correct?
2: Yeah, pretty much everybody. We do have another, um, uh, Kai was one of our acupuncturists. She's actually been with us when we made that original expansion. Um, she expanded with Fonse um, uh, as a um, independent contractor. So we do actually employ, um, and actually, I'm Fonse's landlord. Also, she runs her own independent business within our facility. Um, so uh, we have a mix of of kind of work that way. But otherwise, most of our employees are we have employees, W two employees.
0: Yeah. So the the question that I get, and you know, when you're building the business, is okay. Should we bring on W two, like a true employee, or should we do the independent contractor, like the 1099? How did you all decide? which version to go and maybe you transition, like how, how did that all occur?
2: So really actually a good question because a lot of that I think employers are trying to debate whether they want to retain their own autonomy of their business, their marketing, their vision, the control aspect is really a, a big part of that um, versus um you know, uh, having even a contractor, you can't tell them what to do, so to speak. You can only speak to the outcome of what, what, of what they do. Right. And, um, and we saw what happened with the, the prior clinic that was here. And there were three separate businesses that, you know, in theory, they were under an umbrella of a wellness center, but they weren't talking to each other. They had their own mindset involved in, in how they wanted to practice. They just shared the logo, shared the, some of the marketing materials, shared the website. But other than that, it was all really superficial, and we decided that we did want to retain a lot of control in that vision, but we do give our employees a lot of autonomy in, in, in their individuality. I mean, it comes into our name, Rebels. We allow each of our practitioners to kind of embody that vision on their own in terms of how they practice. So we don't limit, you know, the skills, the tools that they want to learn. And we, we support that. So we absolutely in our vision said, hey, you know what? Mentorship is a key part of our business. We like to mentor our employees. And, you know, we we find that uh, by leading by example in different ways that we've been successful, um, sharing our knowledge in those those ways has actually fostered uh, that family unit that we've had with our employees. And um, by bringing on a bookkeeper and accountant and all these other other tools that I needed, you know, um, those are the things that definitely made my practice better because I, um, you know, realized I had to pay other people. To do work when I'm not here, I can't do everything. And right. I think that mindset that um, I had, we, we also realized that the practice can't be named after. It's not like Simon Family Medicine, it's it's Rebel Med, you know, and it's, um, we have to work together in this country and in and, and the world and in a healthcare clinic to, to make it work. So. <laughs>
1: I think um for your question specifically it's the balance of like needs and risks right because like if you take on w-2s then you risk um being committed to like that salary that wage yep Um, if you take on um independent contractors then uh you don't have that risk but then you don't get as much control and so we had to kind of look at our budget and what we can handle in terms of like our, our needs and risk and how much we can actually employ so we decided that um that the mds working under um Dr. Simon for credentialing purposes and insurance and things like that and the front desk and the auxiliary stuff would be W-2s because we need to have more control over that and then things like acupuncture um and then maybe some of the other um specialized like practitioners that come into our clinic will be independent contractors because we don't need to have as much control over them um we're, we're sharing resources they're under our umbrella but um they're going to take care of their own stuff and that um that decreases our risk and it also um is less, uh, less strain on our resources because then they do like their own back work. And so I think each clinic has to kind of balance for themselves what their needs and their risks are and understand that these two models come with uh, very specific uh, needs and risk tolerance. And then you kind of define that for what you need in the moment.
0: Yeah, the, so much. I, I hope everyone listening like understood all of that that, that came out there, <laughs> like that, that risk versus, right? The culture versus risk, like, that, like that's huge to understand. My my biggest question for you is, how did you attract someone to be a W two employee?
2: Well, I'm um, I'm an I'm an, I like to teach. Um, I'm still an adjunct professor at Bastier. and um, so through that, um, I think you know we would we would invite students to work with us. And one of the growth that's happened at our practice over time that I would say is, has aided our success is actually giving back to the student base in in a way to provide opportunity, just like we got opportunity. So when we learned some of those observations early on, when we were in school, we worked for other clinics to be a front desk person. We, you know, I bring preceptors in and some of those preceptors worked out to be good front desk employees, you know, to help build my practice. And during that time, they got that experiential learning that ultimately some of them ended up being my residents. Um, my first major resident, Dr. Um, Severson, um, has been is a great example of that. You know, she's now our chief resident here at our office. And but she started preceptoring and then working at the front desk. So th- through that, they actually have a sense of ownership in the work they've put into growing our practice. Also, the systems, the standard operating procedures and everything involved in that. Um, they, they have a sense of pride and ownership in that and we make our employees um, uh, have that opportunity so that they can actually then have some buy-in to what they're building for themselves, and it's all about opportunity and mentorship in that process that helps that really do it does attract those employees that way. And um, very similarly, now we've gone on our second year of having we brought on two residents, <laughs> Fonse's first employee actually for acupuncture and ND and and um, those type of things, and so that's really what's a big factor in that
1: one thing that we also have to come across is you have to really take a look at your expenses and then your market Mm -hmm. price, because like obviously you can't pay people the market rate that they deserve if you don't appropriately charge for your services. And so we do have to, um, you know, we want to be accessible to as many people as we can, we want to take insurance, but then we have to also redefine our models to recoup like the appropriate amount of revenue so that we can make sure that we're paying everybody for the work that they're doing. And that's a very real thing that, again, you know, that, that, balance, uh, that balance of, um, you know, the clinic's ideals and then like the practical reality that you need to continue surviving as a clinic. Because you can't burn yourself out. You can't burn your practitioners out. You want to be able to live like a good life. Otherwise, like, why are we doing any of this? Mm-hmm. Um, you want your, your, your employees to be able to live a good life. And so it's. It's um, you know, it's a hard thing to do, but you also have to believe that your service and your products that you're offering is is as good quality as it is, and you understand why like you charge what you do, that it's not like you're just overcharging for the sake of that. You are valuing the the providers that work under you, you're valuing the employees that work under you, and you're valuing the, the product and the service and the medicine that you're giving out, and um, and that's really important too when you're trying to main, when you're trying to sustain a, a business and keep employees happy and keep employees there because turnover is terrible mm-hmm. turnover is expensive and it's exhausting um, and you know we have to deal with turnover too so we try to as best we can like limit that
0: the mindset, like you're right, understanding the value that you really bring to your patients and charging the appropriate amount is huge. And that's a big, big hurdle to get over. I'm assuming early in your early (laughs) and maybe throughout, right. The, the practice. So awesome. (laughs) awesome. So, I mean, I could, I can continue to, (laughs) I could keep going down these, these paths with you too. Um, but I want to make sure we respect your time. I've got one last question for you, if you don't mind. Is there one particular learning or issue that you overcame that you feel kind of jump-started everything to where it is today?
1: I don't think I mind. Uh, for me, it was actually what I just talked about, which is understanding my value. Because hmm. when I was uh, working for the other provider, um, it was good for a few years, and I learned a lot from the other provider. I don't want to undervalue that, um, but I was also I got to a point where my skill level got to the point where I was probably being underpaid um, because at that point I was doing marketing, I was doing, um, I was making like the graphics, I was, um, I was attracting and maintaining my own patients, I was making like the medical decisions, so there really was no reason for me to not be paid the same as the other person. And um, so that's when Andrew did a report on my revenues that I brought in And I saw that I brought in a decent amount and I was not getting paid what I would if I was working for myself. So that was my leap of faith to actually become my own um, to become my own business. Um, And I think that's, that's huge. That's that, you know, understanding your value, understanding your own strength and, um, and being able to, to believe in yourself to do this. And I think that in our field, both acupuncture and naturopathic medicine, um, whatever it is, you know, that's, that's a very, that's, that's a huge mental hurdle.
0: Yeah. Oh man. So, I mean, you could do a whole episode on that, just that alone. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Andrew, what about you?
2: Uh, yeah. It's, I've got probably a really long list. Um, I'm a, Capri- I'm a Capricorn, so I like to build things. <laughs> um, but one, one of the biggest things I think that I'm still continually learning actually is, um, now that I've got a, a very large office here with my wife, uh, 15 employees is I have to learn delegation. And um, um, not putting everything on myself to do everything. Um, I wear many hats at my office right now. I'm an IT guy, I'm a little bit of everything. And I think one of the biggest things I learned in that process was really kind of finding people to support me in ways that I can't do it myself. And um, the, going back to having a good bookkeeper and you know accounting and you know having um, my staff get in start to, part of that mentorship is actually giving them freedom to be in charge of something and letting them struggle with it and Mm -hmm. not trying to rush in there and fix it for them. If I can, um, I can guide them and give them little hints here and there, but I really need to get my hands free of a few things. And I think when I did that, it allowed me to like, um, you know, we we give a lot of credit to our um, former office manager, Lisa, um, who's now our nutritionist, um, because she's guided us, been in the background, a really big part of our practice here. And since the beginning, and um, that is one of those type of people that really does a really good job just taking stuff on. Mm-hmm. And, and when they do that and offloading that, that allows us to be more free to use our creativity and our vision for what we want to put this practice to be. And so I think what happens is a lot of people in their in their growth stages of a business, they bring on their first employee or whatever, they really have a hard time letting go of something because they have that effort that they put in. And I think it creates a fear response in a lot of businesses where they don't want to pay someone something because they, they say, I did all this myself. I struggled. I did all this hard work. But there's a point in there where you have to let go and, and take that leap of faith and trust mm-hmm. in someone else at times. And, you know, it takes that's where relationship building is important and business building and all that.
1: And that's where it's important to um, maintain the employees that you have because they're the ones that get to know you. They're the ones that start that Create that history and create your your um, your programs. Another shout out to one of our um, employees, Dr. Shul, who's incredibly organized and she's been like fundamental in creating just all these systems for us. And so we have to pay them appropriately in order to maintain them so that they continue to be here too. So that you have people around you that you trust and and we don't undervalue or um, you know and we try to show our appreciation that they're a team. Like it's no longer a hierarchy of like our business. This is this is a team effort now.
0: I love it. Love it. Um, I want to thank you for being on, on the show and, and yeah. being so candid with w- what it is and, and sharing, sharing your story. Um, again, thank you. Like I've got so many other questions, but I, we'll just, we'll shut okay. it down here. Thank you again. And, uh, for those listeners, uh, hopefully this was valuable for you as always, uh, let us know how we can help. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank
3: you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number One Five Three One Nine Four One Two, CA Insurance License Number Zero K Two Four Nine Two Four. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number Seven Two Six Four Six Nine Nine, CA Insurance License Number Zero H. 24806 Pinpoint number 2022133016 Expiration January 2024